you primitive screwheads listen up i got news for you pal you ain't leading but two things right now jack and shit jack left town well hello mr fancy pants I was just in my office and I heard a rocket. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? You guys need to I'm in my prime. I'm in my prime. I'm in my prime. I'm in my prime. Ain't it cool? 
First you want to kill me. Now you want to kiss me. Blow. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Alright, another episode of Hordes of Chaos, the Middle Time Radio Podcast with your host DJ Nubis and my sidekick, DJ Neko. What's up all? Been a while, glad you're back though because I know we just had you welcome back the last time we did a podcast, but now we got you some more, so that's good. You got me another podcast, I'll probably be here about another four weeks, maybe a little bit longer, but I'm trying to... Even though this might be a shorter visit home, I'm trying to make sure I can get another trip in before Maryland Death Fest, which happens May 21st, I think it starts. And we're actually going to try to, maybe a week or two before, try to get a podcast dealing with MDF. uh, Because once it gets around that time, we're not going to be doing much of anything because of the chaos that's going to ensue with people coming in and the shows. I know we have at least one couple staying with us maybe another friend um we always see friends um when we go to maryland death fest you know it's it's a big deal for all Uh, of us that was that yes so i personally i will give up being home only four weeks so that once you're out to sea sometimes timelines get a little hazy <laughs> it's something your 45 day trip can turn into 112 days it, it happens so if i get out earlier it means i'll be able to get back sooner and be home for my for my vacation my boss did it for me for my vacation in october mm-hmm. and i am just waiting on his uh response so we'll see what happens and if not she can always fake an eye injury and get off on a helicopter mm. <laughs> that actually happened on one of our our ships by the way <laughs> <laughs> all right so today music wise got a lot of new shit for y'all um some new discordia haunt mystic prophecy and rage uh rock wise got some apocalyptica new stuff from them Ooh. Bullring, monster. Oh, I don't want to go too far down. Ah, <laughs> uh, not new, but that's going to be Neko's pick of the week coming up. So be ready for that. Uh, new Midnight. Uh, that goes for Crash. He likes that band a lot. Um, new Fjord, Bleed the Sky, and some bunch of other shit in there as well. Topic wise, we're going to be all over the map as usual. I mean, the the, the music's all over the map too. Yeah. Uh so yeah, we're going to get to talking about a little bit of Iron Reagan and Ozzy Osbourne musically. Um, and Hole. And Hole, yes. Yep, yep, yep. That I got. We got a lot to talk about. You didn't get to see it just because... I saw a little bit of it. Right. and I. But you, you know the history there anyway, yeah. so it's not like you're going to go in blind. Uh, but we're going to spend some time here actually uh, first kicking off talking about uh, the, the movie Midsommar. I believe that's how you pronounce it. It's Midsummer. Yeah, is it summer? Summer. Summer. You know, like summer, but summer. Uh, directed by Ari Aster, who actually did Hereditary as well. Um, we both enjoyed Hereditary a lot. Um, the ending sequence for that movie is outstanding, but it just sits kind of all fucked up all over the place. But this movie tries to do the same thing from a different approach, but 
uh, it also stars Florence Pugh, who we just saw in Little Women. She mm -hmm. was good in both films. So as an actress, I was pretty impressed by her chops. Um, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, um, you know, a little, I guess, summary of Midsummer is it's a horror film, but it's kind of like psychological at the same time. And, you know, it, it takes place where a Swedish friend is taking his friends to his community's Midsummer celebration. However, as you know, things go sideways. And this, this movie's been out for a while that I hope we're not spoiling anything because we just actually watched it on Amazon Prime. No, it's come from last year. Yeah. So. so what I found interesting, though, after uh, watching it, it was, it, it is a mind fuck. And if you just like crazy fucking things and you don't even, if you don't even want to look into any symbolism, because this movie was filled with symbolism, it was like... Alice in Wonderland on crack. Like, it was insane. However, if you just want a nice psychological fucked up film, watch Midsummer Because it's really slow, and then shit happens. Then really slow, and then more shit happens. Like, it, it was just boom, boom, boom. It, it was very crazy. Um, it starts with a Swedish friend taking his four friends to the Midsummer celebration. They're immediately enamored with the culture and then you know they they take some magic mushrooms just like Alice in Wonderland yeah basically some of the group most of it's male you know they're going to basically try to get laid and do drugs mm -hmm. and, and that's kind of like how this friend who invites them lays it out it's like it'd be one big like almost like walking festival type thing camping out and doing a bunch of drugs and hitting it and whatnot, but it's really honestly like a fairy tale because and more of a grim fairy tale because you look at the um main character oh crap, what was her name in the movie? Um Danny. Danny. So as Danny, she suffers from a horrible tragedy. Her entire family dies. And then as she goes through this Midsummer Festival, you see her progress. And in the end, she is crowned the May Queen. So she starts off as an orphan, basically like a lot of princesses do. You know, think about that. Snow White, well, I think Cinderella. A lot of this is like, what do you want to say? It's, I, I, I don't want to give too much away, but it, it's sort of planned like the things that are going to happen to the characters are planned ahead of time because it's the way that it's been designed but it should be noted that Danny Danny's character is that you know she deals with the trauma of the family stuff but she's also going through some strained relationship with her boyfriend who's on this trip as well the thing for me was like I think I would rate it like a 6 out of 10, and mainly only because a lot of the elements that I see in this, I see in Hereditary. Same director. Um, what's the fucking zombie flick? Um, Salem. Um, 
uh, also it has a, a very uh, Suspiria remake vibe about it as well. There's just there's a lot of the same kind of elements that play into this, and I just think they're better in some of these other films. That's I actually really like this movie. I mean, I like the Suspiria remake too, um, but just something about this. Rewatch it and just focus completely on Danny and how she grows and changes throughout the movie. Oh, I, I, I see it. Like, you see it at the very end. Like, she's actually cracking a smile, mm -hmm. you know. So, it, it's I, I get it. She's uh, free. She's She doesn't feel chained to Christian, who is her uh, boyfriend, who doesn't really give her a lot of attention that she needs, even when she is in her most vulnerable state. Um, Pele, is that, am I saying it right? Pele? 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 Pele, I think, is the Swedish guy, and he actually sees the beauty in her, and I think he knows that she's capable of being the May Queen. This small community, they only invite outsiders every so often because they do want to keep their bloodlines pure, but they also need the outside people to keep some too not too much inbreeding basically well yeah i think it was led to believe that they're basically their seer is, mm -hmm. uh, is a result of inbreeding and that's purposeful so, inbreeding right. the oracle is right so by design but then like in order to keep their cult quiet to the outside world when they invite these newcomers in like some of them have purpose and some like they all have purpose but there's some, some, more some of them are sacrificial lambs right some of them are used for breeding and then some are like danny who maybe at first they just wanted to have her in there but she rose to the occasion yeah and that's what i mean by it's like a horror fairy tale she was an orphan she lost her family she goes through to a far off land and now she's the queen so think about how think about cinderella think about snow white think about you know and snow white they they try to kill snow white she goes lives with a bunch of dwarves i mean and she comes back and she's better than ever i mean that's kind of what what's happening here but it's really also it basically made her the perfect candidate for this <laughs> and gruesome yeah. If you have a weak stomach, don't watch. And it was also very suspenseful because a lot of the things that you assumed happened actually did happen, but off screen. And then you didn't see what actually happened. You saw yeah, the results right. of what happened. Yeah. Like, just people would disappear and then you'd find out, like, oh, that's what happened to such and such. Mm-hmm. Simon and um, Connie... They were other guests from London, yeah. from London, and they say, oh, well, Simon went to the train station without his fiance Connie, and that was just very odd. Connie disappears, and then you realize there's a big ending, which, again, we don't really want to give away the big ending, but you need, they needed four outsiders minimum three people from the from the actual cult or I, I, it is a cult from the community and then one person 
of the May Queen's choosing or a person out of the lottery. And the May Queen chose Christian because she that was her way of severing ties and being completely free. Yeah. Well, there were some things that led up to that that helped her decision, obviously. Mm-hmm. But Christian was selected as a breeder. Yeah. They wanted him to get someone pregnant. Mm-hmm. Now, if it worked or not, who knows? But again, so that everyone they, has a purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was his purpose, and she could have saved him, but she didn't. And you know, at the end of the day, like it's definitely worth at least one watch. I I don't know if this is something I'll go back to because, like I said, there's other movies that think are much better. Uh, she liked it more than I did, of course. Uh, I get some of it because it's really beautiful scenery in the film and everything. It's shot well. So it's worth a viewing, no doubt about it. All right, let's get into our first block of music. Going to kick it off with some brand new Agora. Now, this band, I've been waiting a long time for them to release something new, and they did. They, they seem to go like 10 years for every album right now. All right. So the first one, which they released in, like, I think, 99 or 2000, had a vocalist of the name of Danishta Rivero. Decent prog. It's prog metal rock. And the vocals at the time for her with the band didn't really mesh for me. And then in 2006, when they released Formless, they had a new singer, Diana Sarah, who I thought meshed perfectly with the band. Now here you are with the new record. And they have no singer at all. So I don't know. It's just because of the time between albums that it makes it harder for them to stick with any particular vocalist or whatever. But do kind of wish Diana had stuck around. But uh, at the same time, uh, you know, the, the album's really good, even despite the lack of vocals. Uh, track I chose for you it's called The Marduk Prophecy.
Fingers, Seasons Road from Dangerous, a trash metal band from Chile, and you are listening to Mental Paper Radio. DJ Nimbus and DJ Neko back with you on Metal Time Radio. The, the podcast! podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was a band called Haunt with Divide and Conquer from their latest release. Uh, okay, so uh, this is one of the couple of topics we're going to talk about. Topics, stuff that topics, I, topics. That filled I want to talk topics. about last podcast. Okay. We simply ran out of time. I know, I just talk too much. It's not even you, it's just we had a lot to get to. You were just excited that I was back. I mean, I'm, I haven't even been back two weeks yet, if you think about it. Like, I, it's hardly 13 days that I've been home. Right. Yeah, not, you know, it's plus, you know. I don't care if we go or whatever. As long as we're getting out what we need to talk about, it's fine. Yeah. As long as it's not like eight-hour day, you know. <laughs> That'll be tomorrow when we're redoing the living room, eight-hour day. Right. Anyway, so Noobs was telling me that Godzilla versus Kong, the rumor is it's going to be his dream scenario. And why don't you go into that? So, yeah, well, there's some, a recent rumor camp, but I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, okay, so in Japan, they started releasing the figurines for Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh-huh. One of the figurines happened to be of Mechagodzilla. So, got people thinking, well, does this mean that Godzilla and Kong is going to feature Mechagodzilla? Well, that's a big possibility. And we lo- what's the one that I like with the aliens and the Mechagodzilla? That's 74. That's, yeah, yeah, that's the one. I, I love that one. And I'm like, so are there going to be aliens? And... He- and- no, I think that uh, the angle is going to be probably that, and I, and I, I think this kind of leads back to the end of King of the Monsters uh, when they allude to the fact that well, I'm glad he's on my side, or our side, and then, you know she responds with uh, for now. So the I don't know exactly where this is going to pit Godzilla and Kong. Like I'm I'm guessing it's going to be like a dick waving thing between Godzilla and Kong for a while, and then of course. The humans are getting tired of the Titans and probably going to try to ex- wipe them out with the I think you're weapon. right. I think there's going to be like an extermination of the Titans because they awoke all of the Titans in the last movie. Right, and you know, you have to understand that they went out and they pretty much wiped out a lot of the you know, human population. So, at this stage, and you still have um, the extremists who's out there who has the severed head of Ghidorah, so who knows how that's going to play in anything. Uh, but I've also talked about in past episodes that, you know, Mothra's supposed to make a return. Mothra the, re- regenerates over and over. Mothra! Mothra! But the most recent rumor, and it has all the Godzilla fans in a tizzy because it's so open-ended, uh, the director apparently said that Godzilla and Kong is going to leave fans in tears. So I don't know if that means that Godzilla is going to bite it, or if Godzilla it means... doesn't bite it. He he comes back. Well, you know, but see, we don't. It's part of the hang-up here is that legendary. You know, we don't know how many films they're going to do in this. I mean, I'd love for them to keep going and do some like. Uh, Solo films for like Rodan and them. I, don't just... I want a Rodan film. I really do because they they totally. 
he's the volcano god. Like, you know, the fire god. And I mean, I'd still like to see Gigan and fucking Angarius. I mean, we just, these are some of the creatures we just haven't got a chance to see through their, their vision, so. Mm -hmm. Maybe like an origin of them, too. Right. But, you know, it, a lot of it's just depend on how much Toho wants to give up in, in terms of the monster rights and... So far, Toho has been pretty happy with what Legendary is doing, despite some of the negativity that's been through critics and whatnot who don't know their fucking ass from their head. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was the most recent rumor, is that we there apparently is going to be a definitive winner but we, between we, each. Aside from rumors, let's think about facts. What has happened? They're reshooting things. They're revamping things. So we know... Something is changing. Yeah, and I, I, and maybe they're just starting to pay attention. Like I don't know what vision they had when they went into it, but you know, I, I think for the most part, Godzilla fandom wants Godzilla to win. Now, I I've talked about this before. Is I would like to have Godzilla and Kong fight, but then obviously them fight another enemy, which would probably be Mech Godzilla. So that would actually play out as like a teamwork thing against th them against whatever. And, I mean, there's even rumors that maybe Destroyer makes a fucking appearance. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah, so, I, it, you know, it, there's so much up in the air with this, so it's hard to tell exactly where we're going to go with it, but we're not going to see it at least till November of this year, so we'll see how that goes. Now, the other thing on the plate is, uh, again, more remakes. Uh, Netflix is going to be doing a remake of The Howling. And apparently the guy that directed the It films, the recent It films... Oh, that's films, what I was seeing. Uh, ...is going to be uh, doing this for Netflix now. Is it going to be a movie or is it going to be like a mini-series? I believe it's going to be a movie. Okay. Um, you know, I, I love werewolf stuff and Howling the original is like one of my favorites of all time. Uh, you know, I... I, I was able to make it through the recent Suspiria, which, you know, is good and bad. I mean, I just, I had mm -hmm. to separate it from the original because they're just totally different films and approach, but if the guy that does this, if you're gonna do it, make sure you, uh, use, like, the old, um, animations, like the, you know, stuff like actual, uh, not, not CGI. They, like this. Yeah, so you gotta get away from the CGI stuff. Like, I know that Like, it's makeup easy. and... Right. Get Tom Savini, whoever the fuck you gotta do, get him in there, and make this shit right. Like, if you're gonna do it, make a nice story, you know, whatever you're gonna do, but don't fuck it up with the CGI. It, it hurts so many films when they do that. Like, I go back and I think that Howling or American Wolf in uh, London, uh, Bad Moon, these all had, like, great effects, special effects that the thing. The, yes. The thing All is that. amazing. And it just to me like the 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 thing they released in 2011 which was the prequel that suffered because they went with the CGI mm -hmm. shit. You just can't do that. It, it it's easy and it's cost effective but it, it just sucks. It's not good. So anyway, they're doing that and I'm hoping that he doesn't butcher the shit out of it. I have no control of that, of course. But. And you love wolves. You love werewolves. I just bought you a, a wolf bracelet. Yeah, it's it's the one thing about Monster Lord that I like outside of Godzilla is the werewolves. So, but it's not just like any werewolves. Like 
I've always had to debate like like the Wolfman I don't care even though I saw that with uh, Benicio Del Toro a few years ago that was a good movie but mm-hmm. it's not the type of werewolf that I like uh, obviously the Howling and American Wolf and Lennon etc those are the type Dog Soldiers is one of my all time Twilight favorite. New Moon well that's different uh that's more along the lines of like wolf and where you have actual just four-legged wolves. You love that though. Well, I liked it because I was having a hard time getting into that series, and I was like, "This thing could really use some werewolves." And then, of course, you were like, "Oh, it'll come!" And I'm like, "Oh, this is good. We got werewolves." And then it just got worse. Well, yeah. I mean, it's designed. It's terrible. Teeny, so. You take the good with the bad with that. Uh, but yeah, as far as like, the classics are concerned, I mean, a lot of good shit out there. Howling 5 was a good comeback after a bunch of bad fucking sequels. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, next block we're going to be kicking off with some... Well, actually, what, what are your thoughts on that? What did you think of the original? Do you remember the original Howling? I don't remember the original Howling. I know I've seen it because... For those who might be new listeners, I am an insomniac, and I have been my entire life, and, you know, things that come on at 1, 2 in the morning are Godzilla, Kung Fu, and horror movies. So, I'm sure I've seen it, especially in high school, because, I mean, back then, we're talking years and years ago, 20-some years ago, there was no Netflix, there was no Amazon Prime, you had your, you know, 25 cable stations, and that's it. So I am sure I saw The Howling at one point, but I don't even remember the story. Can you, uh... Well, yeah, basically you have Dee Wallace, who's like a horror icon legend. She was in Cujo and Lords of Salem. Now that I got the fucking name of the zombies flick in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh... So, yeah, she's a, a reporter for the news cast, and, mm-hmm. and she's doing a story about a certain gentleman who is supposedly a serial killer, and she goes to meet up with him one night because he wants to talk to her. Obviously, uh, while they're sitting in the theater, things begin to happen, and he's transforming, and you don't necessarily see all that because it's dark, but... That's the whole thing. She gets ready to get attacked. Cops come in and shoot him, kill him dead, supposedly. Supposedly. And but that begins to intrigue her in terms like she's scarred by the trauma of it all. So her and her husband go to this island, a secluded island that's like a retreat for people to relax. And it's, it's run by like a certain little doctor dude there. Mm-hmm. And. Needless to say, his retreat is actually the home of all these werewolves. Oh, shit! So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's just a lot of great stuff in there, and the special effects are just amazing, and still to this day, it's still fucking pretty scary on, on a lot of different levels. So, the atmosphere of it all, and that good stuff. So, I do have that on DVD, so I'll have to show you more. We'll have there. to watch it. Yep. Alright, new stuff. Kicking off this next block with Mystic Prophecy, a very good power metal band. Nice.
This is Anime from Darken and you are listening to the Holes of Chaos only on Metal Tavern Radio. That was All Things Fallen out of Boris Sweden. Mm. Pretty cool fucking album cover. I like that. The Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> the Wolf. The Wolf. Alright. So, uh, something interesting happened a few weeks ago, and it's not that we haven't seen this kind of stuff before, but I want to, as you being a female, I want to kind of get your input on this. So, recently. Uh, the band Iron Reagan, and mm-hmm. we actually saw them a while back, but uh, their bassist was not only fired from his regular job, uh, I think he was running like a, uh, a bar or something with some other people, and then of course he got fired from the band because of some assault allegations against him, um, sexual assault allegations. Yeah, Cobra Cabana. Yeah, so... You know, you have the debate and war about, you know, he should be innocent until proven guilty, which is true. Uh, everybody should have their day in court one way or the other. But uh, at the same time... He was actually a part owner. Of- he, yeah, at the same time, apparently more reports came out. And apparently this was like a, a behavior problem that he had. So whether or not he was actually doing anything, who knows, but... When you start to get more and more women coming forward, that could be problematic for anybody, no matter what. Yeah, the other rumor is that the ba- the band itself was trying to keep it quiet. Oh. Saying that they were trying to keep the girl quiet from yeah. coming out. I do remember that. She said something about they were trying to pressure her into not mm-hmm. saying anything. So this is, for me, because on the last job, for the first 11 days, I was the only woman. For the next, like, I don't know, 60 days, it was me and the doctor. And then the rest of the trip, there were three women. Right. Working with men is... I don't want to say it's not always easy, but it's not always easy. Like, as a woman, you want to prove that you can do the same job. Because, and I'm, I'm 100% qualified. I passed a, I've passed the classes, I have the certifications, I can do the job. So you have that to worry about. But you also have to worry about, too, um, just, I don't know, the sexual tension almost. Like, you're around each other all the time. It is a really tough line to cross because I'm a friendly person in, in nature. I, I am a hugger. And maybe not everybody else is a hugger, so if I hug you, you might take that as me expressing interest into you. Like, you know, you, you, you've known me for a very long time. I hug everybody. I hug regardless of, of your gender. I'm a hugger. So, so, what I've seen sometimes with, I don't know much about this, and I don't know this man personally. I don't know, um... Rob Scottis? Scotus? Am I saying it wrong? Yeah, uh, Robert Scottis. I don't know him personally, clearly, but I don't know what he did. 
But it was something enough that people had to, number one, make it quiet. And number two, it was offensive enough to that woman. So as a woman who is a naturally gregarious and affectionate person, I have come across because I work with, I mean, the ship is 97% men. I have had to, you know, kind of say, hey, 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 yo, I'm just your friend kind of thing. Like, because there have been guys who have tried to kiss me. There have been guys who have tried to, you know, get a little handsy. Just because you hug somebody or just because you are like maybe putting your arm around somebody doesn't mean that you want to have sex with them. And it, and when, you know, this is a band, they're touring, there's a lot of drinking, same thing with sailing, you're around each other all the time, there's a lot of drinking. You know, you, a lot of things can get misinterpreted. Yeah, a lot of this doesn't sound like it's a misinterpretation. But and that's what I'm time, wondering, too. Like, it had to be something serious. And for me, I'm not, I know, like, again, I've, I've had guys, like, oh, I'll give them a hug. And then they're, like, you know, leaning in trying to kiss me. I'm like, that's not how this works. We're, we're just friends. This is not, uh, you know, a come on. But I'm not going to be like, oh, I have to report you to HR. It's just, like, we're friends and you... You know. Well, the issues that you run into, and like with this, like he's already denied that it's legit. In fact, he thinks it's a smear campaign. And that's him. what I'm wondering too. Like, but then there's this whole thing, like where apparently he he's been known to be like a serial harasser, like maybe a grab asser or a grab boober, or that sounded funny. And those aren't acceptable either. No. But the the, the issue I was trying to get at is that. Just like the band Decapitate when they got in trouble for giving a woman a lift in the car and then she, after they dropped her off, she claimed that they had raped her. One, they, they, you know, they got dragged through the mud by some people. And then, of course, when they had their day in court, it was proven that she had lied, so... I like the Duke uh, basketball, the basketball team. team. Yeah. So, that's the downfall of when we jump to conclusions about things without really having any proof to back it up but you know and to be fair here if she's gonna take him to court or whatever then he'll have his say when he gets there with his lawyer etc so it'll get weeded out there and that's what i mean it just worries me because you can't take this back you can't take an accusation back and i remember this is a serious accusation it's almost like an accusation of being a pedophile or a murderer once that taints your name even if you're proven innocent, it's there forever. And that's kind of like the people still joke about the Duke basketball team or uh, the, like nothing happened. And the woman came out and said nothing happened. Yeah. Unfortunately, those are the cases that hurt real victims. So like, you know, regardless of what happens to this guy here, uh, all the false accusations that get thrown out there, it doesn't matter if it's less or more than the mm -hmm. actual crimes. Uh, the problem is the damage it does to real victims, and it makes people hesitant to believe anybody. But, uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting how this goes for him. Um, you know, it sucks, but then again, if you, if anything, it should teach him and anyone else in bands and whatever that... 
if women are coming up to you and it doesn't matter if they're hitting on you or not, man, be careful how you Apparently he, he admitted stuff. in the process that he gets drunk on tour and takes advantage of girls who like his very cool band. Yeah, I mean... That's a problem. So he's using his, I guess, position of power yeah. to, you know, hit on women, but then maybe they say no. And it's hard. It's hard as a woman... And it's hard as a man. That sounded really dirty. But it, it's difficult because there's that very fine line between flirting and sexual harassment that you walk all the time. Especially when you have someone in a position of power and something like this where you might have someone who is enamored with the band. But no still means no. So if he is exploiting women because he thinks he can, because he has a little bit of power, because he's in this cool band, that's completely wrong. Well, I come up in an age when, you know, when I was a teen, hair rock was the thing, and you noticed all the hard rockers and the groupies they would always be with. I think it's actually a good message for both, not only the members of the bands, but for women who get so enamored with these guys that, you know... You still have to be careful about how... It doesn't matter if you like such and such member of what band. Uh, he might seem like the nicest person in the world, but if you're coming on to him and doing all this, and then all of a sudden, next thing, you find yourself in a, a bad predicament, you know, it's, it's a good warning to also address how you... Handle, Feel. Ha yeah. handle yourself when you're in those environments. If you're in that position and you're not feeling comfortable, say no. You don't have to let just because you're it's your idol. Don't or, always assume that these guys are good natured. Like and, and it's it's not even about good natured. It could be again a misinterpretation. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're not feeling comfortable and you don't blatantly say stop it, they're idiots. I'm sorry, men are idiots. They're they're just gonna. Well, we're not idiots. Yeah, you are. No, no. We, it, I, you know, I was thinking about the whole Aziz Azari thing is that you've got a girl who likes you. You, you know, you're kissing, necking, whatever, rubbing, whatever. But she wasn't up front. She didn't say stop. She just kind of. No, like, no, she did. Apparently, she, like, he had gone down on her. And then the next thing, Azari was, like, ready to go to home plate. But she said no, so he stopped. And then, like, she started, like, doing things with him, you know, on the other end, and, you know, again, he was trying to go into that direction, they eventually had sex, but then she called it assault, and I'm like, if you really don't want things to progress to yeah. that point, like, I'm not saying that any man should force himself on any woman, but he can't read your mind either, so, like, if you're not interested in sex at that point, don't be like grabbing his junk, going down on him, all this other shit. Like it's just it's it's ridiculous. Guys can't sit there and play mind games. We we don't know what the fuck you want. So communicate well what you are your tensions are, etc. So in the case of these girls that are, you know, going after men and bands, like, you know, guys wanna get laid. We that's just how we are kind of wired. That's the dumb part of us. Because we're primates in that sense. So, as a teen, if I'm getting drunk and a girl's getting drunk and she's coming on to me, I'm thinking, oh, I might get lucky. Now, I'm not going to rape the girl, but if she's, like, grabbing my dick, I mean, you know, that, to me, is a sign that she wants it. <laughs> but she can say no at any time. 
and I never had that issue where a girl said that. But then, like, I worry about, like, now at 50, some girl coming up out of the woodwork saying, well, I really didn't want to have sex with you that night. I'm like, okay. I like, could have said no. Well, you just could have said no, and I would have been like, all right, let's go. But that's my point, like, with Enzeri. I really didn't want to have sex with you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't want to really marry you, so there we go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, some other news in music. Um, for a long time, we kind of knew that Mr. Osborne, the Ozman, eventually would life would catch up with them age-wise or whatever with the drug use and all that. But uh, and whether or not they're hand-in-hand, I doubt it. Um, apparently, he recently came out, though, and said that he has Parkinson's disease, which is a nasty little disease And his type of Parkinson's disease is actually called Parkins, like... Apparently, there's many different branches of Parkinson's disease, like, and there are more than one million people in the U.S. alone that have the illness, and it's many different degrees. Right. But, uh, with all the rumors and stuff we've been hearing over the last few months about his health, I mean, that would explain a lot of that, and... Apparently had an interview with somebody. I, I didn't get to watch it yet, but Sharon was there with him. And from the still, it looks like she was crying a little bit about it. So she's clearly still caring about him despite all the issues that he's her and he have had marriage-wise. Mm-hmm. So that was good to see. But, uh, you know, eventually we kind of knew it was catch up. I mean, it's surprising that, you know, Ozzy and Keith Richards are still alive after the shit they've done. In general, but uh, yeah, it's too bad to hear about Ozzy and that. Uh, hopefully, things will be dealt with and his health will be okay. Well, they're finding that cocaine use and other stimulants can be a contributor contributor to Parkinson's disease. So, I mean. Ozzy was snorting ants. I mean, who knows what else he was snorting back in the day. I know. I mean, I, this is not to make light of any of it, but... That's pretty funny, though. <laughs> let's just, let's think about how we were talking about the concussions that are going on in the NFL and the NHL and how we're seeing these people who have suffered some serious concussions kind of going crazy with, with uh, we're like, what, what the fuck are these people doing? It does cause brain damage. They're showing now that people who are abusing cocaine and other like serious about... stimulants that they are, um, they're more susceptible to Parkinson's disease. Yeah, I think with CTE is though is that it's still not one hundred percent verified. Like it's verified. We know to that. A like point. we know that. Think like about all the people suicides. slapping her. Well, yeah, but they're. When you look at the NFL as a whole and football as a whole, the the percentage of people that have that happen are very small. So that's that's why it's an imperfect science. And of course, part of that, you know, I watched the Aaron Hernandez documentary on Netflix. They talked about similar things with that. Um, sometimes though, things just happen to people, and that's you know we can't always attribute it to this or that. So you have to be kind of careful with that kind of stuff because there's probably plenty of people who've done cocaine that don't have this issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but I mean, I wouldn't say that doing cocaine is a good thing, but you know, that's the point that not everything's 100. percent 
But he did beat up his body a lot with alcohol and drug use. And, and he was he would go from one addiction to another. Um, you know, it could be cocaine, it could be uh, alcohol, it could be whatever. And but it, it is sad, and I think we touched on this on our last um, podcast. We're starting to, you know, we're getting to that age where these legends of ours are dying and getting older and you know we spoke on Neil Peart it's just it's really sad because we hope that younger people recognize the I mean the importance of Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath mm-hmm. yeah you know it's, it's just times passing by and all our heroes are dying Comes with age, though. This is a really depressing segment. <laughs> Hopefully our next segment is fun. It probably won't be. Oh. But, uh, um, but, you know, it's fine. These are topics that are important to talk about. and It's always a good thing to talk about it. So, Alright. Alright. Back to the music. New holocaustic lobotomy. Good stuff. Check this out.
everybody, this is Angelo. This is David. And this is Mr. Creamy from Haniwa. And you are listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Back for more. DJ Lewis. Huh? Back for more punishment? What do you mean punishment? I'm teasing you. You said back for more. Well, I was just quoting some rat, but that's okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, getting ready to hit our rock block now, which mm-hmm. of course will feature DJ Neko's pick of the week, which I almost gave away at the beginning mm-hmm. of the show. But I didn't. That was good. Mm-hmm. I caught myself. Maybe if it was a little more tipsy, I might have done that, but... Uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right. Let's get on our way, then. Gonna kick it off with some Miseria Ultima Circuit in the Scars.
life in the fast lane? Do you have the need for speed? Well, if you're a racing fan and want to be part of a winning team, then contact Carmichael Racing. Carmichael Racing is currently looking for sponsors for the upcoming champ and flat card season. You can be a part of a long tradition of racing as Paul and Rhea L. race to the finish line at Mardella Speedway at Diamond Head Arena in Joesburg, PA, March 13th through the 15th, 2020. They will also be racing at Hunterstown Speedway and Capital City Speedway in Ashland, Virginia. Racing runs deep in the blood at Carmichael Racing, and they are looking to gain sponsors for a new upcoming season. If interested, you can contact them at 443-202-3016. That's 443-202-3016. You can also find them on Facebook at SRChamp36. Carmichael Racing. Together you can soar as the engines roll.
right. Bullring, my darkest shadow. Mm -hmm. What'd you think? I like that. And the one before it. Oh, uh, Bullring? Mm -hmm. You didn't like that one? No, I, that's the one I liked. Are you sure? Because you were saying you weren't really feeling Is that the... <laughs> There's too many songs. <laughs> Hold on. I don't think you really cared for the first three. Because you had Miseria, Ultima, Apocalyptica, and Folian, and Bullring just played. I don't think I like Misery, Ultima at all. The other were. Well, okay. No, you did like the first one because that reminded you of uh, Ramstein. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. I like that one. I didn't like the other two. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Girl, look at him. Uh, all right, so. It's almost time for your pick of the week. Uh -huh. uh, enlighten our folks what it's going to be. Well, the song came out the year I graduated high school. So, 55 years ago. <laughs> you old. I, I old. No, it was actually 22 years ago. You old. I old. And I don't even know why I like this song. Because it's not even really my style of a song. I'm At all. I, yeah, I've never been a big, big fan of them, but this is one of those tracks that's okay. I mean, they But they a, went gold with this song. Mm -hmm. They, this song... They actually have some later material that I've played over the last couple of years that's got a very classic rock vibe, which is pretty and cool. And that's what they're going for. You know, at, when this uh, album came out, the lead singer, he was already 40. Hmm. So that's his, that's his wheelhouse, yeah. it, is the classic rock. What we're going to listen to next is Monster Magnet Space Lord. Came out mother the fucker. Space Lord, mother, mother. <laughs> so it came out the year I graduated high school, and it's again me going through my introspective life right now because I'm getting old as hell and thinking about the days gone by, you know, talking heads. And um, I really, I just remember this song on the radio happy about this song. I don't even know why. Because Monster Magnet is kind of a psychedelic mm -hmm. band. And that is not me at all. I am not into the Grateful Dead. I'm not into Fish. I'm not into... Yeah, but they got a little bit more of a heavy But they're, they're a little bit them. crunchier. Yeah. And they have a, a classic rock element to them as well. Yeah. So this song specifically is a little heavier than most of the stuff that they've done. And when they made this video, it was kind of like a play on, I forgot what the rap video was. I have to look it up. God, I'm not even prepared. But there was a rap video that came out re like at the same time, and the video that they made was like the same thing as the rap video, and they were doing it on purpose like That's to cool. kind of make fun of them. So anyway... DJ Neko's pick of the week this week is Monster Magnet Space Lord taking you back to 1998, the year that I wore low-rise jeans <laughs> and halter tops. <laughs> Minus the big hair from the 80s. No, no big hair. We had the straight hair like from the 70s. The straight, very uh, parted in the middle from the 70s. You got the big hair. I had the flat hair. Here we go. Monster Magnet. Audio jump. Attention, please. 
Be prepared for a musical transformation that you've never felt before. In a moment, we will bring you on a journey like there's no tomorrow. And we will break new ground. Hailing from the land below the wind. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome DJ Neko's pick of the week. I've been stuffed in your pocket for the last hundred days When I don't get my bath, I take it out on the slaves So grease up your baby for the ball on the hill I'll polish them rockets now and swallow those pills And say,
is Jessica from Factory of Dreams. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. DJ Anubis and DJ Neko back with you on the Metal Town Radio Podcast, a new episode of Hordes of Chaos. The last two songs seriously just took me back to me in the 90s, uh, flannel shirts, my short skirts, my Doc Martin Mary Janes, baby baby barrettes in my hair. I, I seriously, like... And maybe, again, because I'm getting old and I'm, like, really missing just that. I could get some baby barrettes. Is that okay for a 40-year-old? Sure. (laughs) It was kind of funny, too, uh, listening to the songs. uh, I started thinking about my very first car, which my, my dad bought me in 1997, so... It was a 1989 Dodge Omni, powder blue with powder blue interior. It was velour. It was the most wonderful thing in the world and had 94 horsepower. So, you know, a nice, powerful car. <laughs> no power steering, no, no anti-locked brakes, nothing. Nope. It was adorable. And I would have playing in my car whole and Monster Magnet. Yeah, so we finished our rock block with some uh, whole Miss World from Live Through This, and ironically, that's going to be the topic that we're going to talk about here, because I recently saw on uh, Netflix... No, Amazon no, Prime. Amazon Prime, excuse me. A documentary called uh, Hit So Hard. It's actually created and written by... Um, Former drummer um, Patty Shimmel. Mm-hmm. Shimmel? Sh- I guess that's how you pronounce it. Shimmel. Uh, so, yeah, apparently during the time that she was touring with the band during that record, she was taking a bunch of film footage for herself, which was on H I 8 or is that H18? Hi 8. Hi 8. Film, and she thought that, uh, that it was lost. And then she ended up finding a, a random suitcase that she had, and it was still decent and not warped or anything. So they, her and also uh, director P. David Ibersol collaborated to create the documentary, which she kind of wanted to tell her story because she, like most of them back then, especially in the band, uh, battled drugs and everything else, which you know played a part in not only sort of getting there but dealing with Kurt and you know just a bunch of other stuff that happened with her she also was trying to come out with the details of her life as coming out as a lesbian Mm -hmm. so like she was trying to you know show what was going on but also express like you know her differences compared to other things but then also the similarities that she saw in this community of the alternative rock groups. Yeah, and uh, the interesting thing was, like, I, that I found out anyway, was that 
very early on, like she was about 12 to 14 when she started playing like in clubs. That's kind of cool though. I mean, I know it's completely wrong, but it's very, right. uh, very good. But uh, apparently before David Grohl like joined Nirvana, like Kirk, Kurt wanted uh, Patty to be in his band, of course. Uh, Courtney wanted him, her in her band, so it was like, eventually, initially Courtney wanted to split her time, but, uh, I guess in the end, Kurt got Dave, and then, of course, Cole got Patty to join her club. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Yeah, she was in a band before Hole that they ended up opening for the Melvins and stuff like that. So that's kind of cool. And but anyway, she had grown very close to both Courtney and Kurt during that time. And uh, obviously, when Kurt, you know, committed suicide, it left a bad mark on her. And mm-hmm. it, it it affected her a lot. Yeah, and so like like I said, they were already kind of using drugs in general for recreation at least, but now it's like becoming an addiction for her and we all know the stories of Kurt and Courtney and their you know issues with drugs so one of the things that I thought was very interesting on Patty's part is both that one she kind of got screwed after the tour was done for Live Through This because they were going in to write the follow up record um, and she was supposed to go into the studio with this new producer and lay down the drum sacks, which she did, and she had spent, like, all day there sometimes trying to lay them down, but the, apparently the producer had a reputation of being someone who doesn't like drummers very much. Oh, wow. So, in the end, he ended up bringing some dude in to do the sessions drums on the album, and... This is a turning point, really, because the other band members uh, didn't really go to bat for her like she thought they would. And so Courtney was like, well, we're just going to have you not do this, the record stuff, but then bring you back for the tour. But at that point, Patty just like, well, that doesn't make any sense. If I'm not going to do it on the record, I'm not going to go do it on tour because you're going to have fans coming up asking you, oh, wow, I really like the way you did this on the record, but I didn't really hear it when you were playing live. She just didn't want to deal with those kind of questions and having to explain why she was removed for the studio stuff. But after that, like she'd fallen into drugs pretty hard and actually became homeless for a while. Until one day when she just called up Courtney, I guess, out of the blue and asked for some help. And of course, went back to her family and dad to try to get her out of that rut. So then she ended up getting married. And I guess now, or at least then, was running a dog foster care thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, the interesting thing I found was that her brother, who was she was close with, um, donated his sperm to her partner so they could have a kid. So I thought that was interesting. That is kind of incestuous. Well, I, 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 at first I'm thinking that because of, you know, if they if he had done it with her. But I think it's the partner that was okay. carrying the kid. So that that makes more sense. At first I'm like, well, that's a little weird, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, come on now. Let's not do that, you know. But it was a really good doc. I thought it was pretty good. And, you know, to me, 
the album Live Through This is really the best thing that whole wrote. Uh, I think I got into like the follow-up stuff. I didn't hear the 2010 release. I'm probably check it out at some point, but uh, I know that Neko and I have talked about this in the past. Like the Live Through This album, I think when I listen to the musical arrangements, the the riffs. It's all very reminiscent of Nirvana, so I wonder how much of that was actually written by Cobain. Yeah, 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 you were her. saying that. So, it's just a theory. I don't have anything to back any of that up. Um, but it's just, it, it reminds me a lot of the Nirvana stuff and the way it's, it's written as far as musically. Uh, it's a very hard-hitting album. It's got some good melodies and stuff in it, so just the arrangements in general remind me so much of what Kurt was doing with Nirvana. And, of course, Kurt was still alive when that album was put together. So, uh, yeah, it makes you wonder. Because the follow-up, you know, she obviously had started doing movies, Courtney. And then, of course, uh, the band started getting a little more polished. Like, at one point, I guess, when they did the follow-up, since Patty didn't return, the drummer they added, they tried to make her look look like Patty, which was kind of insulting. It is insulting because it's like, oh, we'll just, like, dress her up and make her... Right. You know, we're just, we're filling some kind of, like, I don't know, image that we had. Yeah, it's really weird because, like, the doc talks about a lot of people who were speaking on it. You had uh, people from the Bangles or Roddy Bond from Faith No More, uh, even Gina Shock the Go-Go's, and some Luscious Jackson drummer, uh... They all were highly praisal of, of uh, Patty and her work. Like, she was really, really good drummer, and a lot of people sought after her. So, I think when things fell through with uh, Hole, like, there was, like, not only... I think Cole and Joe and Courtney were trying to, like, pass off this other drummer as Patty to try to, like, keep the backlash and the blowback mm -hmm. to a minimum, you know? So... But the funny thing is about the writing between Live Through This and that second, the third record was that it was just a vast difference in how it was produced and what they were going for. They just had a much more polished look. It wasn't the whole grungy thing they had initially gone with. So I guess in a way, like, it was kind of them selling out in a way, but, you know, it's they probably would have sold anyway just because of the names. Uh, one thing I did find funny, though, about the Live Through This tour was that <laughs> Courtney Love is a bit problematic. I mean, kind of always knew this just because of who she is. and But apparently at times, like, even some of the other band members were getting kind of annoyed with her because in the middle of concerts, she would just kind of stop and then, like, maybe take a person out of the audience and try to teach them guitar on a song, but they would only be her and the... the, the the fan mm -hmm. and the rest of the band just kind of sitting there twiddling their thumbs <laughs> so that was one thing and then uh this comes back to this whole like sexual misconduct and stuff like this there. well obviously courtney pushed the boundaries in terms of how she dressed on stage and you know her topics and that's not a bad thing but even though she's not really original thinker in that because women had done that window women before her had done that but she at one point had jumped into the audience you know crowd surfing and she was only in like a negligee and some underwear well and of course the fans are kind of pawing at her stuff 
So security obviously is getting her back on the other side of the mm-hmm. thing. And she has no more negligee. It's just her bra and panties at that point. And of course, she gets up on a mic and is like, that was one of my favorite 90s. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, and I'm like, well, you are kind of idiot that jumped in there. What do you expect to happen, really? <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't happen, but you just can't go out there and expect things not to happen. That's that's the point. Like, some people are just assholes. Men can be assholes, and they're going to do shit like that when you're just out there doing that. So, but the, but the other band members, you know, they talked about how that could be problematic with safety concerns, not only for Courtney, but for themselves. And, you know, they said... Well, because Courtney puts it all out there, and other people may not want that, and they, people may think that, oh, because Courtney's putting it all out there. Well, and I'm sure I the band just, is saying to themselves, you know, we worry about her safety because, you know, she, she might not care what the rest of us will. And, you know, it's just... I mean, she just did other things, like outside of the concerts, you know, like, getting, like, I don't know, they were, she was doing something where she was tossing stuff out a hotel window, and a bunch of fans had started to gather, and one fan actually had climbed up the wall, and I don't know if he gave her something, I can't remember, or she gave him something, but, you know, that's just one of those things, like, luckily there were bars on the window, otherwise he'd probably be inside Mm -hmm. of but, yeah, so she kind of started up this whole, like, swamp of people, uh, getting them all up in a tizzy because of who they are. And, you know, that that's the things the band was kind of concerned about, is that she was just kind of a loose cannon when she did stuff like that. So, But it's a good documentary, and uh, eventually Patty had kind of, like, forgave and forget things and is doing better, and I think she even did, like, in 2016, might have come back and done a one-off show with them or something like that, but it's good stuff. I, I Fun to watch, and they have some clips of Kurt and Courtney, of course, that you've ever seen any other documentaries mm-hmm. about. I love, two. but see, I love stuff like that. I mean, back then it wasn't so prevalent to record or take pictures the way that kids do nowadays, like... I mean, it wasn't as easy to record and take pictures, so. Alright, well let's get back into the music. Some brand new Midnight Fucking Speed and Darkness. Fucking.
was reading up. Uh, it's a one-man project out of Texas uh, from a guy named Christian Kulak, and apparently he's been busy uh, since 2013. That's pretty impressive. I mean, for all of that, I always say this about, you know, people who collaborate over miles and miles and, and one-man type iterations. It's amazing what they can do to create just amazing music. Yeah, I, I this is like the first record Imagine, which is the new one. I, this first one I've heard from him, so but he has a lot of material going back to 2015. So I've got my work cut out for me because I really enjoyed Imagine a lot. So uh, the track I played for you, Nothing Was Everything, uh, very very cool track. Doesn't have a Facebook page, but he's on Bandcamp and on Instagram. So I kind of threw him some love on Instagram there. Um. Yeah, so that was Kulak, C-U-L-A-K, and that was Nothing Was Everything. So now, we're going to get back to some uh, news about Dune, the remake. Now, I never really, I don't know much about it. You are the one who's totally into this, so you're going to have to take the lead on this one. Yeah, um... I remember seeing the, it was like a two or three part miniseries in the 80s, mid 80s, and uh, had a lot of big names back then. Um, uh, was it Sean Young, the girl? I'm not sure, honey. Um, Patrick Stewart was in it, Sting from the police. Damn. Yeah, and even more than that, like, I kind of drawn a blank right now, but it's been so long, but. Uh, very cool miniseries, and it turned out really well. I think it was actually a pretty big cult, you know, film for a lot of people. Uh, a few episodes back, I talked about when they were going to do the remake, that it was going to become a little darker, and they were going to explore it a little bit more, which is going to be kind of cool. Um, I'm not sure who's all going to be in it, but the other thing was, it's being kind of compared now to when it's done it's going to have the very uh lord of the rings feel about it as far as like which you love epicness. yeah so i mean i love lord of the rings and the hobbit and stuff like that and what they've done with them in the movies so if they're going to go that route i don't know if it's going to be split up into like because like i said it was like two or three episode miniseries they did in the 80s so i don't know if they're going to do like two or three movies i don't i don't know how they're going to approach that um i'm not sure how much material is in there i've never read the books or anything so will be interesting to see what they do with that uh but apparently the novelist brian clement uh he's somebody who actually got to view some of the early footage and he thought it was pretty great so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with that um neko hasn't seen the original work i gotta find a way to let her see that she'll probably go bonkers because she's not really into that stuff <laughs> and that's the other thing too as much as we enjoy together we do have very distinct tastes yeah it, it all depends like sometimes you'll you'll sit through a fantasy movie like i actually i didn't sit through the witcher no 
Nice. <laughs> I tried. I really. I was like watching it. I put my just phone that, down and I looked at it. And I was just thinking about this the other day. Is that you need to watch the Dark Crystal series yet? Because you didn't get around to that either. And that was something I watched when you first left. So that was really cool. And I think you did see the original movie, did you not? A long time ago. Yeah. So yeah, I think it all depends on what it is. Like sometimes she can get into stuff. Sometimes she can't. Um. We have love for other types of movies, comedy or horror, but fantasy-wise, it's really a bear to try to get her to, I'm not to a dive fan- in. I'm not a fantasy gal. <laughs> well, unless it's like Star Wars or some shit. But even then, the latest stuff hasn't really appealed to you much. Alright, so we're going to start plowing through this music here. Plowing. Plowing. Uh, new stuff from a band called Ford. F-J-O-R-D. I'm not going to try to pronounce Fjord. it. Fjord. Fjord. It's good stuff, though. Here we go. Dit D and Losa Fjordana Tar Os. That's pretty good. I don't know if I could have done that. <laughs>
Emerald, and you are listening to Metal Tavern Radio.
Right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> we were fighting over who would say all right. Yeah. All right, so getting ready to close out this episode of the Hordes of Chaos. Who who did we just listen to? Unrequited, a song called "Pale" from their latest release. Very nice. But we're gonna close it out with a track from the band Invictus, which this will be towards the end of January. This will be the first album that's gonna end up in my best of year list. You think so? Oh yeah. Oh, am I gonna like it? Probably. Nice. <laughs> Herman loved it, so... <gasps> well, Herman has good taste. Of course he does. Uh, so, yeah, here we go. Uh, we'll see you all later. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Give us likes. Give, give us, us downloads. Give us some feedback. Tell us what you like, dislike, and please, please, subscribe, follow, etc. If you want me to send her back out on the ship, just let me know. Happening in a couple of weeks, so... <laughs> Here's Invicta's diabolic intent. See y'all later. Bye-bye.